Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Everyone brace yourselves because this is Dum Dum the show about the reality ducky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Suffragette Sash, that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the fish sausage, that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of a WI anniversary celebration, folks, is you. Now, today's Dumpty Dum was sent in by Miss Alliance. So liked it, thought I'd play it again, really. <laughs> but Lucy. Yes. When we need some fresh ones. We need can you right... remind? Sorry. Hmm? Yes, no, we do need fresh ones, don't we? Yeah, we do. We yeah. do, we do, we do, we do. Uh, if you'd like to send us uh, a Dumpty Dum, to sing us a Dumpty Dum, Give us a plot prediction or buy Kenton some deodorant. Ring us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks oh. to lovely sandwiches. Well, one minute. Mom, I'm in the middle of recording. <laughs> As you were, Freeman. <laughs> I love this because my mum's about to do exactly the same thing. We're like a couple of teenagers running a pirate radio station, aren't we? Mom! I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking about pirate radio stations, I'll come on to that later. There is a most excellent comedy on uh, BBC Three. Okay. People <laughs> do nothing. But anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, thanks to Lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Uh, Milena is still here. Uh, Derek and Milena were off to a gastro pub when I last saw them. Um, Derek was up for the full three courses, but Milena said she'd seen more than enough spotted dick in the last 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> I love an old-fashioned pudding me. <laughs> um, 
on this week's show we have calls from andrew horn who thinks adam should be on the minimum wage i don't think he quite said that lucy uh, scarlet <laughs> sparrow much. is applying to one of royfield's lo- oh, one of my lovely girls you're in you're in scarlet sparrow <laughs> yokel bear who's enjoying the unraveling and rub dusty substances who's furious mrs bentos who thinks charlie is excited about biscuits isaac q who says hurrah for unpleasantness Sounds like a fir- oh, he's not a first-time caller winner. Winnipeg, yeah. that's yeah. East Winnipeg, yeah. yeah. Miss Mid City, who missed last week's early deadline. Jojo Sexy Heels, who wants Jolene to step up. Witherspoon, who says Rob's being fiddling. But first, before the juicy woozy bits, let's have a little bit of loose with our last week in Ambridge. <laughs> Dowry. (laughs) We started the week with Kenton sulking, just for a change. This was another self-inflicted wound, a hangover, caused by Kenton cuddling a whiskey bottle and shouting, No one loves me, not even my mummy loves me, and my brother is a massive poo. He's now started sleeping in his clothes, he stinks, and he's putting nuts on the bar. So that'll be a draw. They'll be fighting (laughs) to get in. Luckily, however, he bumped into Toby, who invited him out drinking to complete his transition into a pathetic, self-pitying knob who cannot find the silent button on his phone. He was whinging on about going back to sea, and quite frankly, I will personally push him off into the shallows at Great Yarmouth in a rubber dinghy and let him take his chances. However, on the upside, he did manage to get out of going to Shula's birthday party, along with Pip, Ben... Josh, David, Lily, Freddie, Jolene and Ruth. So Shula got to eat a whole pavlova by herself and pretend that she was having a romantic candlelit dinner with Daniel, so she was happy. Lindy Bottom Mm -hmm. is hell-bent on finding someone else to be the celebrity at the opening of the shop that is not the Boudicca of Borsetshire. And the tabards are here, 100% polyester, so they'll be nice and sweaty when they're all huddled (laughs) together over the gypsy creams. Susan tried to force one over Linda's head, which created an electrical storm over the shop and fused Kate's juicer. The titchy knob, Helen and Pap situation has now got so hideous I can barely bring myself to speak of it. Now he has her in his legal grasp. Titchy Mm -hmm. knob is predictably starting to take his frustration out on her at Charlie fertling about in titchy knob's drawers trying to find out the secret of how he impregnated all those cows. Helen, in a feat of idiocy breathtaking even for her simpered to her mother that Peggy's blood money had felt like a dowry. Poor Pat was so horrified her contact lenses fell in the yoghurt, so that's another food safety crisis on its way. Helen then had the gall to say to Ian that you had to put your relationship before everything else. Yes, Helen, before your self-respect, your privacy, your dignity. Uh, Bert (laughs) is going to the shed and taking a rake with him, so that's the update from Carol Toboggan. And Hester's bearing up (laughs) for anyone who was wondering. Uh, Jill has gone completely mad and is cooking fish sausage while wearing a suffragette sash and they're trying to put Heather in a home. Pip is still running the farm single-handedly while dreaming of the topical paradise she'll be visiting soon. The humidity, the exotic food. Yes, High Wickham beckons. Toby cannot understand how Pip would rather show her father plans for a new cow trackway than bump uglies with him. But surely, as Toby seems to also have a one-track mind, it can't be that tricky to grasp. Tony and Ed had a stimulating <laughs> couple of hours browsing Hornhub in the kitchen with the curtains drawn. Then they trotted off to the market with some magic beans and bought some calves. I'm not really sure how Ed, who has no money and has sold his land, now has got enough money to buy three cows and some land to put them on. But I do tend <laughs> to switch off when Ed starts chuntering on about milk prices. 
The Ruth and Heather storyline has got even more frustrating. David only ever opens his mouth to wedge his other welly in it, and all the while I'm jumping up and down yelling, Get her a carer or move her into Brookfield! Shut up! Shut up! Meanwhile, Caroline and Oliver are still going all misty-eyed about their escape to Keantishir. I am starting to get very sceptical about this. Mm. It was when she said hot tub. My experience of Tuscan Villas, although more limited than I would like, is that the electricity regularly goes off for no apparent reason, leaving you falling down flights of stone steps and struggling with moths the size of light aircraft. And the pool is cleaned once a week by a sullen-looking woman in a headscarf who gives it the once-over with a tea strainer. I think hot tub is pushing it. <laughs> if she mentions helipad next week, we'll know the sterlings have been had and we'll try and get a message to them before the Nigerian princes cotton on. The end! Oh, that was a triumph this week. <laughs> it it, it read well, well done, well done. Thank you very much. Mm. Mm. So, are you going to start brushing up on your Italian? <laughs> oh, they're not going to go, are they? Well, there's not even... But there's that. But then also there's the opera and uh, Jim and uh, Auntie Cardboard... And Hootie Jill are all going to be brushing up on their Italian for that as well. There's a proper Italian theme coming just around the corner in Ambridge. Yeah, which is making me worried that they're going to get something ridiculous like Gino de Campo is going to come and open the flipping village shop or something. Buongiorno. <laughs> <laughs> come <a> stai. <laughs> Dove the shortbread. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, God, it's going to be like a room with a view. Throw away your Baydecker. Oh, mi piace. <laughs> did, did you watch Room with the View in the in the eighties? No, with Elizabeth Bonham Carter. No, Elizabeth Bonham no. Carter. Helena Bonham Carter. Um, no, trolling around in olive groves and and Julian. I said. Sands I've said no five times. I know, but I don't watch Marvel. It doesn't stop you talking about it. Um, That's not true. But <laughs> what? I don't stop. You've I definitely seen a superhero movie. Oh yeah, it's been on. There you go. Mm, that doesn't count. Anyway, carry on. Should we do the calls? Um, no, I want to discuss stuff. What can we discuss? Okay. Don't know. What would you like to discuss? Let's so, do the calls then. But do, do you think, though, that this that this <laughs> Tuscan thing is legit? Um, don't really, really care. It hasn't really <laughs> touched on me, to be honest with you. It's kind of just been, like, burbling away in the background. I'm more interested in the descent of kenton which i think i completely some podcasts ago uh got that completely right and said kenton did know it was his fault and it's all yeah. kind of kind of self-loathing and the frustration yeah. that he you know yeah he he's messed up yet again and he said as said as much uh on on friday's show this this week was basically the kenton and heather pet show wasn't it absolutely there wasn't a lot and else going on though david um, that I will give you some credit here when you have, you know, talked about how close David is to his mother and it's slightly unnatural. And because of his relationship with his mother, I was somewhat taken aback with his kind of, well, you know, Heather's not coming here. She can't yeah. come here. Yeah. You haven't thought about this. Absolutely, Ruth hadn't, hasn't thought about it because she's in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. She hasn't thought about yeah. the apps, you know. The, the, the minutia of how it would work but something needs to be done mm. and I was somewhat taken aback by by his response so um, it was kind that... he did kind of let himself down a bit there didn't he because it was just a kind of a oh what you mean this is going to impact on me oh 
ah, no one mentioned mm. that. You know, there was a, and then and then she very cleverly said, first of all, I didn't think it was going to be just me that was going to be looking after her. Yes. And I thought, mm. yes, you've twigged him, haven't you, Mrs. Mm. Mm. No, uh, he, he didn't just let himself down. He let down the David Archer Appreciation Society he on did. Facebook. It was not his yeah. finest hour. Really mm, absolutely not. But why don't we uh, nip over to the phone lines and see what other people have got to say about this week's goings on. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Greetings all, Andrew Horn here. Lot to get through this week. Wondering about the Fair Brethren and why they chose uh, to go into to Geese. And I think the clue might have been in Lucy's monologue where she was talking about Pips 2-1 in, uh, in Gosling, Marshalling or whatever it was. And I just wondered whether it was Toby's, Toby was an expert in goosing and that's what led him towards Geese. Um, who knows with them another one um, this investigation um, into the fertility of the cattle and what's been going on in the system I really hope it does lead back to Stefan and Culvergate um, because Rob needs to die for something worthy and not just fiddling with some uh, some files um, and uh, staying with uh, staying with Mr. Titchener, the uh, reasons to hate Rob number 839 is we've been wobbed. We've been wobbed of the word wob because it is now daddy. And just finally, uh, coming back to this point about Adam and his change of uh, financial structure, I think we're all actually much closer than, uh, than, than it's been than people think. Yes, I agree. It should be um, bonus-related pay and a high element of it. Um, but maybe just stick him on the minimum wage or something. I just think, like uh, Witherspoon, it was too, too um, big and drastic a step. Even Royfield was saying that there should be some sort of um, uh, tailing uh, uh, step step change. So I think we're all all in the same place. But what has occurred to me is that the reason we're approaching it differently is where we start from. So Cosmo, uh, if I can speak on his behalf, and and myself are probably in the more traditional uh, employment um, works workspace, where Royfield, you're an entrepreneur. So you come at it from uh, projects which are all risk-based. So your, that's your comfort zone. Those of us who are in traditional employment start at the other end. And really, that's just my ramblings for the week. Cheers. Bye. Rob needs to get caught out for something worthwhile, not just getting caught out for fiddling spreadsheets. I agree. It would be very, very annoying if he gets fired from um, Barrow Farm for... Mm-hmm frauding defrauding um you know but sort of um f- f- making up spreadsheets or, or fiddling with them um when in actual fact he's you know shoved stefan up the culvert that uh yes that would be extremely annoying because we want him to get caught for something big don't we we want it to be prison or possibly death but either way not just arsing around with a spreadsheet he's not mm. going anywhere though is he let's face it he's he's kind of uh, he's he's too much a a, a sort of a, an instigator and a and a and a, and a and a provocation point for the village to um, for him to go because he's too valuable in that as a sort of an agitator. Annoyingly, 
Well, there will come a, a there will be a point of crisis when he gets drummed out of the village, and then either Helen will will go with him, or she'll be left distraught and bereft in the village, and then he'll be some returning character, yeah. a la um, yeah. horrible Woolly. Yeah. You know, because he's obviously going to knock her up before he leaves. That yeah. is definitely so. Then he will have legitimate reason yeah. to to <gasps> you know to return every now and then. There'll be boos and hisses whenever he yeah. he turns up. Did you, you know. hear that manipulation though from Helen? What's it like, Helen? What's it like to hold your own child? And I thought, <laughs> shut up! Stop trying to force her into getting pregnant. She's not one of your bloody cows. Oh, anyway. Uh, and the next caller agrees. Mm. Wait a minute. Have we moved up Andrew Horn? Yeah, no, we're still on Andrew Horn. Oh, okay. You're yeah. just saying that Scarlet Sparrow agrees. Yes, Scarlet oh. Sparrow agrees. Scarlet Sparrow, one of your new... But she's still... a new recruit. Well, it's about time a new recruit, don't you think? But anyway, let's just talk about Andrew Horn because he talks about uh, the deal, doesn't he? Oh, yes. He said that uh, we were because you're entrepreneurial. Mm. I think you and I, I, I actually agree with him to a certain extent because you and I are used to not having a secure income, aren't we? Mm. We're used what to is just, an income? <laughs> it's when more of it comes in than goes out. Apparently, that's what I've been told. So. Right. Yeah. You know what? I've I'm never the experienced living... one myself, right now, but I'll let right you know. Right now, I am the living embodiment of Greece. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yes. Uh, and he says that we ad- we just went, yeah, well, what's wrong with that? Of course you should risk your whole, you know, your whole income and livelihood on an idea because we do that fairly regularly. Um mm. But we said for him and Cosmo, he said for his, him and Cosmo, who are, you know, uh, more of the sort of Reggie Perrin wage slaves. Bless Reggie Perrin. It's very sad oh, news yes. about David mm. Nobbs. Um, uh, he said that that to us is kind of uh, in, mm. it's just unimaginable that you just lose all your income and have to start again sort of thing. Mm. What about your pension? What about your company car? What about them? So, yes, what, what, I do what's see. What's a pension? I don't know. It's you have to have one before you can go to a garden centre. I think that's the <laughs> thing. I'm not sure. I think that's the rule. Mm. Anyway, Scarlet thought, Sparrow. What? Sorry. I thought uh, Mr. Horn was extremely perceptive, mm. uh, though um, you can tell he's a consummate kind of kind of diplomat because he says even though we start off from different places, uh, we end up uh, not too far apart. And yes, I hadn't thought about that, Mr. Horn, but you are right. Um, it's where we start off as to. Mm what colours um, our perceptions, whether this is a good deal or not. Mm. However, um, I think that the scriptwriters uh, believe that it is a bad deal because Ian is the voice of moderation, isn't he? And whatever comes out of Ian's mouth is yeah. absolutely the truth. Yeah. And this is the way that they think. And Ian said, it's a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, now, can we talk about somebody that likes me? Oh, I know you two. Scarlet Sparrow here. Um, I've got a couple of theories. Um, first one is stitching up. I think he's going to convince Helen that he should leave Barrow Farm um, because they're so horrible to him. And she'll give in and try and find him a place with Pat and Tony on their farm, um, which he will be really horrible when he kills her because then he'll have his feet under the table, push Tom out and take over the farm. All very nasty. And... 
Adam and Brian, I think they're going to have a really big falling out and Adam's going to skip off to Hungary. And that will leave the field clear for Charlie Barber Spreadsheet, who will then start working for Brian and make a play on Ian. Very unpleasant. Um, anyway, um, I hope I'm wrong, but if I'm not, I did tell you. And um, Royfield, can I be one of your girlies? Because you've not had any girlie for a while, and I think I'd be really good at it. Anyway, um, well done, you two. Keep it all up. Thank you very much. Scarlet Sparrow signing out. Um, uh, she thinks that he yes. uh, Helen is going to be persuaded by Rob to leave Barrow Farm. No, that's wrong. <laughs> that Helen is going, to, Rob is going to say, oh, they're all being horrible to me, Helen. And she's going to say, well, why don't you leave then, Rob? And mm. then he will take over as manager of Bridge Farm. And then when the collapse comes, when Rob reveals his true colours, he will actually have shares in the Archer family and they will not be able to get shot of him as easily as all that. I think that's absolutely a very likely storyline mm. and a very want to be... Uh, keenly anticipated if it's going to be incredibly stressful because mm. I don't like dangling storylines as we know I just like everything bad people go to prison or get killed that's it that's what I mm. like yes and they have set up that, that's very plausible because that, they have already have set up the fact that Tom is a little bit wary of him because remember yeah. when yeah. Uh, Tony got gored by the bull and Tom had to come back and um, rob the git bag uh, had ordered some yeah. unorganic feed hadn't yeah. he and tom says what the hell are you doing yeah however something just occurred to me whilst that thought came into my noggin was that uh rob and tom were in communication whilst tom was in the great yeah. canada country that is canada sorry and there's absolutely no reference to the fact that in inverted commas they had some back channel line of communication so they must have been friendly to some degree mm. There's absolutely no mention of that. But it was, it, but it was just, it was just Rob. Uh, Tom was in crisis, and would have taken direction from absolutely anybody. And Rob just gave him a way out, didn't he? He gave him an address. He gave him. Uh, yeah, but sure. But that was pretty significant. The rev you know, the revelation that uh, Rob had actually been talking mm. to Tom, and there was no when Tom came back. Oh yeah, mate. Yeah, thanks for that. They, yeah. you know, they really helped me. Out. Nothing at all. Yeah. The only interaction that I remember was Tom basically saying, uh, you shouldn't have ordered yeah. that feed. I don't care how cheap it was. It's not organic. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyway, that was some months ago. So let's move on. Um... Scarlet Sparrow, you're in. You're in. You're in the team. Membership will be sent to you in the post with instructions of what to do. Blimey. Hello, Dumb to Dumb. It's Yokel Bear here calling from Ooh, Yokel Land, Kenton. Oh, God. I mean, it's like the, the, the way that I feel about Kenton is, you know, when you're searching for something on your computer and it's like, search, sympathy for Kenton, searching, searching, far not found. I just got no sympathy for him. You know, I think if you look back at Kenton's history, there have been moments where he has been an absolute man-child then you know he married Jolene and I thought yeah he's kind of grown up he's doing the business as a husband and well that sounded a bit rude actually didn't it but you know what I mean but now something's gone wrong it's entirely his fault he should never never have spent that money because you know if somebody said look I'm going to give you loads of money 
but it depends on this deal going through. There's no way I'd spend that money until I knew that the deal had gone through. It just stands to reason. Or is it just me? I don't know. So I really hope they don't do this kind of downward spiral Kenton redemption thing. Because I don't know, perhaps I'm just evil. I've just got no sympathy for him at all. However, on the bright side, really loving Rob getting kind of, you know, hot under the collar. Um, about what um, my favourite character, Charlie. Oh, I've got to love a bit of Charlie, haven't you? Actually, that sounded a bit dodgy as well, didn't it? Um, you know what I mean. Kenton is not doing the business as a husband. Then realised that sounded a bit rude. Um, but if Jolene had any sense, she wouldn't be want to, to be doing the business with him anyway. If he stopped washing and he's this sort of milk, milked in self-pity and... Ugh. Oh. Um, she did though, bizarrely, bless her, sound mm. actually quite sad that he wasn't, that he didn't come to bed early on the night of his birthday because she wanted to clearly give him a little birthday present of some description. Hmm. But I wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. I wouldn't want to go with a barge pole or anyone else's barge pole. Ugh. I feel somewhat sorry for Kenton because, and this is where we need Witherspoon to um, accurately and professionally describe someone's descent into depression but Kenton has always been this up party person but underlying Kenton has always been this sense of frustration as I've said before in terms of um, he wants to bestride the world he wants to be the court jester he you know he wants to command the room he is the you know the chief entertainment officer all of those Mr. things Mr. Microphone absolutely and he feels somewhat stymied and frustrated that he hasn't a attained uh, what he believes he should have. Mm. You know, he isn't the rock uh, of the family. Um, and this is, you know, and so for him to come so tant tantalizingly close to um, having his hands on near his damn it, I don't know, the best part of a million quid, and to be able, in his own words, to be the man he always thought he would be. I do understand. Um, it's not just self-pity, but it's going through your life and then m constantly making mistakes. And there comes a point when you are, because he's in his mid to late 50s now, when it's just one mistake too far. Mm. So I, I absolutely do understand on a human level why he's taken this so badly. And he knows it's his fault. And I thought... Jolene calling him and basically saying just come home mm. was actually really quite quite touching yeah and I think this has been written quite well quite well now because um you know we we all have we all have dreams and you you just see that Kenton just thinks you know what I'm just an ass you mm. know and I and I'm and I, I'm not adding to anybody's life. There's Meriel, who he doesn't see. He's got this great wife, Jolene, and he just feels inadequate. And I just felt, I thought yesterday's episode was absolutely lovely. Yesterday's being Fridays was absolutely lovely. And I really did kind of sympathise with somebody who's not just having a midlife crisis. But, and this is where I said that, you know, um, we really need um, our resident... Uh, brain doctor to really weigh in here but i've always noticed that people who are incredibly up and ebullient always have crashing downs mm. generally mm. and so for me this is incredibly accurate and real what, what kind of what's happening to kenton i think can we play miss dusty substances call here 
Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. And I'm afraid I'm a really, really angry listener tonight. It's Thursday and I've just heard Kenton go out on the piss with Toby and I'm absolutely seething. Over the last umpteen decades, Kenton hasn't been perfect, of course, but he's been loyal to his family and friends. He's been good-natured and fun, caring, considerate when family or friends have been in trouble and he's been optimistic. And currently, the Kenton we're getting at the moment is none of those things. Normal Kenton wouldn't be aggressive to his family. He wouldn't go off without telling Jolene where he was. He wouldn't say, even if he was drunk, that he was going to disappear off around the world and rejoin the Merchant Navy, or whatever it was. And this is all totally preposterous. My only theory is that Kenton is on the verge of a mental health crisis, But I'm not sure I actually believe it, because over the past year, characters and actors have done the personality equivalent of a handbrake turn and become unrecognisable or all sound the same. And it's absolutely not good enough. Did the programme learn nothing from the reaction to Nigel coming off the roof? Clearly not. They don't care. And tonight... I truly wished I could walk away from a programme that I have loved since I was a baby in the 1950s. And I can't walk away because I'm addicted. But just now, I truly wish I wasn't. And I'm really sorry to rant, but I'm absolutely heartbroken by what is happening to our lovely programme. I've never heard a caller who sound who actually sounds on the verge of tears, and she really does because she is so upset by the way that they're writing Kenton at the moment, because he's always been her um, her favourite character. Mm. She's, she's liked him ever since he came back. Um, and she just feels that this is a, sort of a betrayal, really, of, of the Kenton that we know and, and, and love. And that his, this, I... this, as she described it, she described it very beautifully as a, a personality handbrake turn mm. of many. She sees it as many. Ooh, I'm about to get stung by a wasp. Go away. Sorry. (laughs) I, everybody knows I love me a bit of Dusty. And I I was honoured to to be sat next to her at the Dumpty Dum Do. And I think on the odd occasion, um, I might even like brushed her shoulder because we were that, you know, cheek by jowl when we sat around the table. But I couldn't, couldn't couldn't disagree with her more oh because you can't have characters who are just one note that there is um there is a legitimate kind of character arc story arc and then a character arc and you know i refer you good listener to really what i said uh before dusty's call in that um, this, I would say, is incredibly consistent with somebody who is um, a party jester, who is um, the life and soul of the party, that they will have, um, you can't be up all of the time, and they will have crashing downs. And just because Kenton hasn't been, um, hasn't had such a crisis before in terms of um storylines where he's taking things completely on the chin doesn't mean that he didn't have this kind of coming and when you look at his history of 
broken uh, relationships because actually he, you know, he always talks about Meriel. She always gets mentioned and she comes over, but he isn't the father that he would like to have been to her. And he didn't have the relationship with the mother that, that he really wanted. Though everybody always, you know, Meryl's kind of fond of him and his ex-partner's fond of him. But there is this always this sense of loss that he hasn't actually been stable and secure. Mm. And he came so close. So I think this is incredibly consistent and actually is a very good uh, examination of, of of the human psyche. You know, and I, you, you, you know, if Kenton was always Mr, as you would say, Mr Microphone, let's get the megaphone out, let's, you know, that would become incredibly boring. You know, Kenton need, need the character of Kenton to be believable as a rounded human being. We needed something like this to happen. It just surprised us that it, it happened now, but absolutely mm. it's consistent and makes complete and utter sense. You know, ditto to um, a lesser degree, my, you know, I think the listener's surprise is the way that David has handled the idea of Heather Pet coming yeah. back into Ambridge. Yeah. But actually, the seeds of that have been uh, laid because you and, and many of the listeners said, oh, it's a little bit weird how close he is to his mother. So much so that, you know, that he can't really understand Um Ruth's relationship with her mother because he's consumed by his relationship with his own yeah. when his mother had a very similar circumstance mm. you know okay she wasn't physically incapacitated but she was scared being at Glebe and he said okay all right mum you know mm. move in mm. and then the similar things happened with his wife's mother with his mother-in-law and yeah. his first reaction is well she can't come here yeah yeah you know yeah you know we, we do need you know none of us are incredibly consistent whether it's to do with our um our outlooks on life uh with our politics our ethics and whatever we all have these kind of inconsistencies and that's what makes us human beings so i i think this is incredibly consistent and i'm sorry dusty you know i love your big kisses to you but you're wrong <laughs> fighting talk dusty fighting talk um, we can actually pop uh, Jojo Sexy Heels' call in there as well. Hi there, Dumpty Dum. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Just a quick call, really. I was really, really thrilled to hear Jolene giving Kenton a bit of a telling off and telling him to grow up. Basically, more of this from Jolene is is required. Kenton needs a bloody good shake, a kick up the backside, and finally a slap round the back of the knees from his mother and finally he might then wake up, smell the coffee and realise that all the things that have gone wrong have been his own bloody fault. Hi Lucy, hi Royfield, this is Isaac Q calling from Winnipeg. I don't have a top five for you this week but uh, I just finished catching up with the archers for the week and uh, I really, really enjoyed it this week. I think the writing was tremendous. Which is maybe a little surprising because really all we had this week was a whole bunch of unpleasantness. Uh, we had Charlie being unpleasant to Rob and Rob being unpleasant to Helen, Ruth being unpleasant to Heather and then to David and Hazel being unpleasant to everybody, <laughs> Kenton surprisingly being unpleasant to Robert of all people, uh, Linda and Susan being unpleasant to each other. <sighs> the thing is, this week I, I really cared about these people and their situations in spite of the unpleasantness. 
even Kenton, I think I felt for him for the first time in a long time. I mean, we're so used to hearing him tell others how uh, David ruined his life, but when he was drunk with Toby, uh, we got a glimpse of the real feelings underneath. You know, Kenton knows that it's him. Kenton knows this is all on him, and he does loathe himself. And it's really just him puffing his chest out when he's going on about David. So, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about this week, in spite of the fact that it was just all a bunch of unpleasantness. <laughs> Hooray for unpleasantness. Because yesterday, when he, when he had his big meltdown yesterday, he actually mm. stopped talking about David, didn't he? He didn't say, my brother, da-da-da-da-da, it was yep. all me. I am, I am an idiot. I can't believe I've done this, da-da-da-da-da. Mm. Well, and Luce, poor old Jolene stuck with me, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, Luce, I called it weeks ago. Did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, you did. Mm. Mm. Clever old you, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brain of Einstein. Yeah. Oh, and Isaac. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mrs. Bentos here. Well, the honeymoon seems to be well and truly over. Um, How quickly did Tichinob turn from the minute he got that sparkly ring on Helen's finger? He seems to feel there's no further need to bother with any kind of pleasantries now. He's legally bound to his chattel, which apparently also includes Henry as well as Helen. Even I felt sorry for him this week. His mother seems to have completely lost the plot and just spends her time wafting around in a in a sort of delirious haze of misplaced joy, framing her gas bills and grovelling every time Rob loses his temper with her, which seems to be like a lot at the moment. And all Henry seems to get out of the deal is a a toy boat, which clearly will get smashed by Rob in a fit of pique. And a dad who patently feels very little need to pretend he cares at all about him anymore, which is really horrible. It's quite uncomfortable listening at the moment. And I wonder when or if Rob will properly lose his temper with Henry. And then what what will Helen do? We'll have to wait and see. But even Charlie seemed more bothered about Henry and... um, his biscuits more than Rob did although I think perhaps we found the way through to Charlie's heart it appears to be baking um maybe he's uh, a bit overexcited this week with the return of the great British bake-off what uh, those of us who are on team Charlie need to bear in mind that we're only gonna win him over if we're we're good at baking so I should be all right because I'm quite good um I'm throwing the the gauntlet down there to Yokel Bear. I think we should have a little bit of a, a bake-off and see who's going to win uh, Charlie's affections. But uh, anyway, yes, keep up the good work. Thanks very much. Bye. Uh, Mrs Bentos says the honeymoon is over for Rob and Helen. Um, she says she's feeling agitated listening to Helen talking, to listening to Rob talking to uh, Henry and... And also Helen now prioritising Rob over Henry, which is unpleasant to listen to. However, on a lighter note, she wants to have a biscuit bake-off with Yokel Bear to see who can win the heart of Charlie. Now, I am all for biscuit bake-offs for imaginary characters that you have crushes on or whatever, as long as uh, Royfield and I get to test them. Is there a difference between an imaginary character and a real character? No. Right, Not just in just my checking. Head. Um, 
so yep i'm all for that and send them in royfield and i will 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 be i will be mary yes. i will be paul hollywood and uh, royfield can put his blonde wig on and be mary berry and we will we will test the bake and talk about soggy bottoms endlessly um with i a, think oh. it'd be much more realistic if mm. i many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Where's Paul Hollywood? What, with you? because of your... Your glittering blue eyes and and uh, uh, beaming smile. I think our genders are much more aligned <laughs> for a start off. And sure, and surely I, I'm I'm the eye candy of this podcast. Oh yes, well that's true. Yes, okay, you can be from mm -hmm. Hollywood. I think I'm probably more Sue Perkins anyway. Are you? Yeah. I laugh like Sue Perkins. I've discovered. Anyway, enough about that. With a spoon. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers around the world Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here We're currently basking in beautiful summer weather 30 to 32 degrees by your temperature scale And sunny days on end right now So, this week in Ambridge reminded me of the old 70s disco song More, More, More More of Rob's deviousness more of Toby's adolescent behavior, more of Kenton's depression, paranoia, and alcohol abuse, and throw in for good measure more of Ruth's whining. These are all pretty obvious topics of discussion, so I'll just bring up a couple of related issues. Regarding Kenton, once again the residents of Ambridge seem pretty reluctant to seek out professional help. Now Jolene did confide in Linda that she's at the end of her tether, and she thought that Kenton needed to see a doctor. There's a start. But what was Linda's response? Feng Shui therapy is the answer to what ails a chap. Then post-bender, Kenton did admit to Toby that he was feeling quite desperate. Toby, of course, had nothing useful to say, but what else would you expect there? By the way, we still don't know what happened in Brighton, but I imagine that alcohol was involved. Regarding Ruth, though her whining sets one's teeth on edge, she is dealing with a real-world issue. 
Many of my patients are struggling with similar sets of circumstances as their parents are living to older ages, but with many infirmities. Then again, we all probably threw up our hands and exclaimed with exasperation, finally, when Ruth figured out that she has to move her mother down to Ambridge. Whether that means at the farm or in an assisted living facility, we'll leave that fight to Ruth and David. Regarding Rob, well, is Helen's glow due to the fact that she is pregnant as well as married? Did Rob fiddle with their means of birth control? Will Rob whack little Henry in a fit of temper? Will Sherlock Charlie find the proverbial bodies? We will eventually find all of it out in this very slow-moving story. So two lessons for me from this week. I learned what a tabard was, and after months of being too shy to admit my ignorance, I finally learned, after I asked handsome husband, what the Boudicca of Borchester referred to. The British education of this American continues. So our time is up for this week. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off until next time. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Oh, go away. Sorry, this wasp won't leave me alone. I can hear it. Go away. This is what happens when you record in rural areas. You get attacked by the wildlife. It's all very quiet out there. absolutely heard that, you know. It's great. I know, it's flying around the flipping... Oh, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone out the window. This is amazing audio. If I was you, I'd close the window behind it. All, all, we, all we need now is my children and all the dogs to come back and then all the latch doors to go clonk, 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 clonk. <sighs> um, with a spoon. So yes. it's been 32 degrees there. And mm-hmm. uh, he said, by on our temperature scale, but uh, with a spoon, I have to point out, British temperature scales in the summertime do not go up to 32 degrees. We, we, <laughs> we, we hover around 20 and then hurtle back down again into the safety of our opaque tights and thick woolly scarves. Um, he reckons that Rob has been, well, he hasn't yet, or maybe about to fiddle with his and Helen's means of birth control. Ah! I don't want to think about his and Helen's. Probably he's got he's got Helen using some medieval form of, you know, flipping <laughs> lamb's bladder or something. A lamb's bladder diaphragm that she has to rinse out under the tap. Ugh. Uh, yes, I don't even want to think about what goes on in that bedroom. Really, really not. Especially because everyone keeps saying about how glowing she is. I just keep thinking, oh. Lucy. Yeah. Are you the type of woman that when you've had a rather enjoyable roll yeah. around I don't like where this goes is off and tells people around how enjoyable your roll around no, Absolutely not. Do you always keep your cards very close to your chest when it comes to things like that? <laughs> I keep everything very close to my chest. I can't help it with a chest this size. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, people people who talk about it a lot one are day. generally not doing it. That's what I think. Mm. People are always making nudge nudge wink wink wake sort well, of jokes. I, and I, you think, I, oh, you no, but she's but she's not though. But she's not though. I really just find Helen Archer a ridiculously fascinating character, and I would like to extend uh, to Mister Witherspoon the opportunity to give us a proper full analysis of her because I just think she's absolutely happy. She's happy and she's like 
bouncing off the walls happy. And as far as she's concerned, she's got everything she ever wanted and she mm. just can't hold it in. Yeah. And that's what this is just a symptom of. Yeah. Uh, you know, though, um, I, I don't see why they weren't necessarily having good uh, special cuddles beforehand, really. I, I appreciate, you know, there is wealth. We've just got married. So, you know, mm. but it's nice if they haven't been living together for the last 18 months. Yeah. Or however long it is. Yeah. But hey, um, Mr. Witherspoon, I'll put it to you as our resident head doctor. Can you just... And but you next know, call... it's weird, isn't it? Because you never... You, you never... You don't know how anyone else... What that, I'm trying to say this tactfully and I can't. Um, you you don't know... It's like Tennessee Williams said about you n never know what goes on between a woman and a man when in the dark. And you don't... You ne no, none I, of... I, I like it with the light on. So. <laughs> none of us... Of course you do. None of us know... Mm. how anyone else feels how how what other couples do you kind of think you're in the right ballpark so to speak but you know really and 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 we sort of like it that way that's how the whole thing functions that it is essentially private and helen just has i think she's i think she there is something slightly off kilter with helen in that she will quite often say the unsayable she doesn't have um she's lacking in empathy massively herself mm. i think and uh, i think she doesn't understand society's rules she just i i think i think you've that's a, a bit of a, a blunt statement i don't think she's necessarily lacking in empathy but helen has felt isolated mm. um from the whole kind of flow and river of kind of human relationships and as you uh so memorably and graphically said in the last podcast that the two relationships that she's had notable ones you know they've been with men that were highly damaged mm. and it's got to be a reason why um she's attracted to the to these types of men um and yes with greg she wanted to fix uh, with Rob, it, it, it's kind of something else. She's attracted to him being um, an unreconstructed man. Alpha male, Hence, yeah. Well, there go the dogs. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> the hunt will probably come through next. <sighs> I think I'm joking. <laughs> well, it I will thought... go on for hours, just talk over <laughs> Well, I did think to myself... Um, last week, when I called Rob um, an alpha male, he's he's not an alpha male. He wants to be an alpha male, but what he is is an unreconstructed yeah. man who hides it first off. But you scratch the surface very lightly, and he has these sexist kind of patriarchal attitudes to women. Um, you know, oh, hello. No, it was just a dog. It just it seemed to seem to seem to be answering my point. Um, <laughs> and I just I do, I can't concentrate because the bloody dog. <laughs> Theo, shut up! Nope, that's made it worse. Sorry. But the startling thing for me 
is that Helen um, has this, you know, progressive, liberal, feminist mother. And then is absolutely attracted to the fact that uh, Granny has given them £10,000. It felt like a dowry. And that is romantic. This is the reason why I want somebody to explain to me this woman. Because on the one hand, and again, it's this kind of inconsistencies of character. On the one hand, she actually does want to be uh, running the shop and does a good job. It's not as if she's incompetent. She's actually very good. She understands the detail of retail and that if uh, the right produce are displayed in a certain way, it upsells. You know, and things need to be ship sharp and Bristol fashion, so to speak. So she's very good. She is competent. She has skills. Uh, but it just feels so deficient when it comes to uh, being being in a relationship. And and and, and I, I love it. She's just so fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Yes, she is hugely annoying, but fascinating. <sighs> Hi, it's Miss Mid City. I am Team Charlie. Words I never thought I'd say, but words which were provoked by a blithe spirit posting an article on the Dumpty Dum website. However, I say I'm Team Charlie with a small caveat. It's on the basis that he leaves Adam alone. It is not cool to be chasing another man's man, however subtly you think you're doing it. And Adam, it is not cool to be forgetting that you're supposed to be committed to Ian. Hmm. Uh, Chris from Brittany. Uh, he is a first-time emailer but has listened to every episode of Dumpty Dum and has been listening to The Archer since 1978 when his roommate at university got him interested. Um, da -da 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 -da. It, uh, it was uh, my fault, Chris, that I didn't play this last or didn't read this out last week when it was sort of relevant in terms of Edgebaston. Um, he said, uh, in the summer he plays for Central Brittany Cricket Club it was great to hear that Adam, Ian and Charlie were going to the test match at Edgebaston for a day on Saturday. It was peculiar to hear them talking about it afterwards and how good the hospitality was, even though in real life the test match finished on Friday. I remember going to see Brian and Shula do an Archers Q&A evening in Burton-on-Trent about 15 years ago and commenting on how they always have alternative scenes up their sleeve or mm. call actors in for re-records if national events change. Clearly this one slipped through the net. He says... Just let me finish this bit. That uh, she, he knows that uh, Jacqueline Berto also listens from Brittany, and he said if she is close, perhaps we can meet for an archer's chinwag, or jointly host your proposed Dumpty Dum get together in Brittany. We're halfway between Medrignac and Pierre. Uh, perhaps you could put us in touch with each other. Well, that I, I think we should. Yes. Mm hmm. Um, we, we we will facilitate that. If we're going to do this France thing, um, it's obviously next year. So I'm going to speak to uh, Jacqueline uh, this week and uh, we'll most uh, carefully and lightly pencil maybe something in for next year. But let's just push that to one side. Okay. Um, there's also been another dum de dum uh, kind of meetup this week in Essex. Did you know this, Lucy? No. Paul, Charles Wilkins, and the oh, lovely yes, Margaret. Oh, yes, I saw the picture, yes. Such a pair of lovelies, them pair. 
<laughs> uh, thank you for the picture, uh, Paul. And he's such an old gent. You know, he's just oh, just what a beautiful human being. And um, he just wants to help out and do so much with Dumpty Dum. And um, really uh, kind of, again, just like to thank him uh, for not only picking up Margaret and bringing her to the Dumpty Dum do some weeks ago, but also for his for his work kind of behind, behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, he's very much a, a part of the gang. And just thought I'd just say, you know, hello and thank you again. Mm. Mm. Now, when it comes down to, I've got a couple of things to say. Now, I'm presuming that because the test match was won so quickly on the Friday that it, and it was unforeseen, they just couldn't call in the actors to rewrite that. You know, it's one thing, because I know that there's been football matches, like when England were in the World Cup, etc., and then you've got, like, Tony going, oh, God, we, we lost against Italy. You know, you can literally phone that in down the lines, you know. You'd, yeah. And... They they could you know they could even have alternate kind of lines there because when Princess Diana died we just had Pat going oh isn't it awful yeah. <laughs> and then we all carried on. Um, but maybe this was on a Friday mm. and it was just too you know too last minute and that to go go you know go with the fact that you know because it actually it was a bit of a, an integral part of the storyline as well wasn't it you know that Ian is trying. He, he realizes that um, something is up with Adam and, and Charlie. Not that you yeah. know there is this kind of love thing going on, but there is some kind of distance, and he's trying to show Adam that you know he's uh, making an effort and kind of part of his world, etc. Hence, he went to the the, the cricket uh, the week before. But moving on from that, I've been to Edge Baston and hospitality. It's awesome, Lucy. <laughs> I went with my dad about 50... Oh my God, no, it's almost 20 years ago now. I was invited by the Birmingham Post and Mail to have corporate hospitality. I couldn't even tell you who Warwickshire were playing. It was just so <laughs> irrelevant. Lucy, I got there with my dad. And it and this is before they'd done, done at Warwickshire Cricket Ground, but it was lovely then, and it's a beautiful cricket ground. So there were some men in whites doing something on this, like, green bit of grass, and we sat <laughs> down the in this corporate court, box. hitting it with their cricket rackets. And exactly, you, yeah. exactly. Listen, I love cricket, but I just was not bothered with what was going on there because the <laughs> feast that was laid out. So we got there about uh, half ten and said, would you like um, something for mid-morning, sirs? And so they fed us. And then just as my dad let out a little bit of a burp and, this, and undid his trousers, you know, because he was just like, oh, God, son, that was lovely. He said, it, it, it's lunch now. Can you take your lunch orders? <laughs> it's like when you're on a really short BA flight and they just keep, the, the, you just pack away your breakfast things and then they say, coffee and now lunch. And you're like, what? I'm, a, I'm still awash with cracker crumbs. What are you talking about? was bonkers. So... <laughs> So as soon as we finished that, he says, oh, it's, it's, you know, take orders for lunch. And the dad says, well, son, this is free, so we need to feed up, right? So, <laughs> By which time so, he's taken his trousers completely off and hung them over the back of the chair. Yes. <laughs> so we had this lunch and I couldn't, uh, you know, this three-course lunch, right? So, and as the lunch has just gone down, Right, and the cricketers come come back out, you know, and Dad says, we really should actually go and look and see what's happening. As we walk out, somebody says, afternoon tea. <laughs> My dad looked at me and says, son, are they trying to kill us? But of course, he said, it is free. So, <laughs> so we tried back in the afternoon tea. And Lucy and I kid you not, 
that was the earliest supper I'd ever eaten in my life. It must have been about four o'clock in the evening. So <laughs> my dad just went, no, no, no more, no more. It was the most beautiful day. And um, the sun was out. And I, as I said, Warwickshire were playing with somebody, but it was totally irrelevant. And the hospitality there was just phenomenal. Thank you, Birmingham Post and Mail, 20 years on, for uh, <laughs> you know, inviting my father and I down there. It was such a great day, great day. Have we got Good. another email? We have. And the mm. wasp's back, just to let you know, update you I on I told you to close the, the window behind but it. it the, the window makes a lot of noise as well. The window makes more noise than the wasp. Right, the wasp's temporarily buggered off somewhere, so I'll crack right. on. Um, this was Glyn, full of love, who said, mm. uh, when we're talking about why we listen to the archers and, and, and um, you know, are there any times when you can't listen? And he said, one of the reasons for me is that from time to time, a story mirrors what's happening in your own life. Being of a similar age to David and Ruth, we, my wife and I, are going through the ageing parent process and the Heather Pet story is therefore one of those stories, as I'm sure it is for a lot of listeners. There's a lot in this story I can relate to. We have had the David and the I must get in the car now and go moments. Royfield said last week on the Dumpty Dum podcast that your parents don't age gradually but go down in steps, which is absolutely right. What happens is that something happens to take them down a step but they're convinced they'll recover back to their previous level. Heather appears to be of this mind. As a child, challenging this conviction of recovery is seen by parent as restricting their independence. It's a bit like dealing with a teenager in reverse. It is therefore a long process to get them to change anything in their lives, even quite minor things that would actually improve them if it is seen as accepting they won't be 100% ever again. It is also true and inevitable that you see things differently if it is your parent rather than your spouse's. Um, and then he goes on to talk about if they did move uh, Heather into Brookfield he said I think this would be a disaster I can just imagine Heather getting up early one autumn morning struggling to take Ruth a coffee while she's milking and falling over in the yard um, he said it would be interesting though to see how David would react if it was Jill going through a decline well I think we know how he'd react don't we yeah you know, move her straight she in. got spooked yeah. about the uh, yeah and at Glebe, and you know, I well, can't quite Mark understand. Come and live with us, and sorry, I can't quite understand whether we are supposed to think that hmm. uh, Heather Pet is suffering from dementia, or whether she is just becoming physically incapacitated. Because she seems to me to be perfectly aware of what's going on. She's just just not accepting it. And when Ruth said, oh, you know, one minute she seems fine and the next minute she's she's upset and everything. But that's just, that's not dementia, is it? That's just a reaction to the actual circumstances she's living in. No, you know what? It, it could be. And the whole thing's somewhat kind of ill-defined. And it's not as if we're really hearing Heather Pett either, are no, we? So no, everything's no. through this yeah, filter of yeah, the odd really, telephone yeah. call, then, you know, dispatches back to, to Brookfield. Yeah. So... It could well be that uh, that it is uh, early onset of uh, well, not even early. It's not early onset. It's Timely. Go yeah. away! This bloody wasp, honestly. Uh, it could well be that it's dementia, or it could just well be that she's just uh, you know physically now infirm, yeah. but you know still got a factors about her, but it's just frustrated with the with the whole situation. However, I completely. I think that Glynn is right. You could see that because she's, um, you know, she has been an able woman. And... Would Royfield like a cup of coffee? That was my mum. Would you like a cup of coffee, Royfield? Oh, yes, please. 
Yeah, camp. We haven't got any camp, have we? No. No milk, no, though. No milk, no. please. No, no milk, he says. Black. <laughs> Black. He likes his coffee like he likes himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. Yeah, Smashes on being racist. Thanks very much, Mum. I got a biscuit as well. Woohoo. Right. Yes. Was that it? Have you finished? You uh, no, no. no. Okay. Um, that because she. Um, I think you called her a nice woman before uh, last week, but she's also kind of, she has been independent um, and active that she will, you know, see, see it as a duty to try and help out. And you could see, you know, in a cold autumnal or wintry morning, she'd be, you know, going out to the milking parlour with, with a cup of tea and, you know, fall flat into a cow pat and and break a hip. (laughs) You know, that's absolutely what, what would yeah. happen. But I don't see that there's other way, there, there is another way around it because if she's not quite ready for a home, no. she's not quite she ready for a home. She needs interim care, doesn't she? And exactly. That's, and that's kind of getting exactly. a carer in at home. Yeah. But I and think they have, to, to be fair to them, I think they have discussed it, but it was very expensive. It was something like, was it two grand a week or something like that, David said? What? An awful lot of money. And it is very expensive. I know, I know from, mm. from friends that Yes. No, painful storyline to listen to as well, but just because of there is no nice resolution, is there? Apart from, you know, um, Pip giving up her job and moving in. Mm. Or staying, giving up the job, staying with David while Ruth goes. I don't know. Yes. All right. Is that call or inner is an email or inner is done? Is. Fantabulous. All right. Uh, let's take a quick uh, commercial ITV type break. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day, Dumpty Dummers. Millie Bell here. Royfield asked, which character have you been on a journey with? All this talk of Team Charlie has got him thinking. Is there a resident of Ambridge that you once loathed but now rather like? For me, it has to be Linda. Back in the 80s, I was not partial to her at all. Now she's right up there for me. Also, the opposite direction works too. So we asked you. If your opinion has changed, let us know. Lorna Fitzpatrick, you used to like Ruth, but she really annoys her now. Rachel Louise used to hate Emma, but she likes her now. She used to like Jill, Kenton and Ruth, but she hates them all now. Rosie Cross says Linda has such a good heart, can be snobby and gossipy, but she really is a gem. And Denise Tomlinson said, Susan, death. I used to be that irritated by her, but she is so three-dimensional and consistently portrayed lover to bits. I really agree with you, Denise. I I must admit, I posted this one. I said, a dowry? A dowry? I was so taken aback. And Rachel Hannah said, I'm more worried about the lack of bank account in her name. 
What assets does Rob have? Helen's bringing 10 grand, a huge share in the farm and potentially the lodge to the party. Good point, Rachel. <laughs> Andrew White said, Pat had it right. You have the funniest ideas of what passes for romance, Helen. Helen is so foofed, says Andrew. Witherspoon, the 35th, says, at least Helen has held the line about wanting another child at this time, but is a glowing Helen indeed pregnant now? After all, how Rob have been going at it like a pair of teenagers as Helen, overshared with her mother, has Rob sabotaged their means of birth control. And Peter Mabbott said, it's like waiting for the big one in San Francisco. I think the worst is yet to come. I also was interested to know if there was ever a time when you just can't listen to The Archers. This follows on from the podcast from last week. Dee Leary said, when the black dog bites me on the ass, I don't want to listen to anything. But I make myself listen to The Archers, Omnibus, and follow on Twitter, even if I don't tweet much. Reminds me that there is a place I belong where they miss me if I don't turn up and it makes me feel a bit better. Vicky Berry said, any time, loathsome Leonie and James come back into it. Thank God for the fast forward button on the podcast. Peter Mabbott says, never, always something to look forward to every morning on my way to work. And M Johnson said, when they're talking during breakfast, the crunch of toast and slurping makes me have to turn off. And I must admit, somebody, oh, Rosie Cross said, snogging, when listening through headphones, not me snogging. When the characters are snogging. Thank you for the clarification. And we also asked the plot predictions for how Kenton's storyline will resolve. Hannah Wibley asked, do debtors' prisons still exist? Good question, Hannah. Caro McAdam said, no idea, he's becoming unrecognisable, but I'd encourage him to run away to sea and never come back. And finally, Vicky Berry says, it's got to involve reconciliation with David as well, so somehow David bails him out financially. My guess is that it's Kenton's only option. So finally, after much persuading from Jolene, he goes to David cap in hand. They become reconciled on the surface. David thinks that all is well, but it leaves Kenton with a seething resentment that rumbles on under the surface. Wonderful predicting everybody. You really, you really are very clever. And we've noticed again and again, on I've noticed again on a lot of the Facebook uh, pages, how often listeners are right. So it's worth putting out those plot predictions uh, because you sometimes preempt them and sometimes they're hopelessly wrong. And it's all good fun. So I hope to see you on Facebook this week. Hooroo! We is back. Uh, and that was Millie Bell with her roundup of all things on the Book of Face. Now, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Why don't you hit us with some action on the Twitters that has happened in the last seven days that has the hashtag The Archers somewhere within 140 characters. Uh, The Starchers said, David's at the end of his heather tether. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Archers listener said, perhaps Rob could murder... This is about Hazel Woolley. Perhaps Rob could murder Hazel Woolley and stuff her in a culvert. A mercy killing! Yes, it would be lovely if those two <laughs> finished each other off in some way. Um, a Bernie guy said, Pip is sounding older by the day. She'll have retired before she starts her new job. Um, commentator said, isn't Kenton due his A-level results today? Oh, no, he's an adult, isn't he? And my favourite was Hinge Zandel, because people were talking this morning about um, uh, Caroline and Oliver's dubious uh, trip to Keantishire. Uh Hinge Zandel, this is Tweet of the Week. 
Said, well, they did book it through. Is that Grund a biplane you've got now? Yeah, we're near the aerodrome. Of course we are. Ah, uh, Hinge Sandal said, well, they did book it through Grundy's world of Tuscany. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good indeed. Very good indeed. Right, I think oh, you know I've, I've enjoyed this week, Lucy. Mm. Sorry about all the week. sorry about all the noises off from my. No, end. no, no, no. It's, that it's is all, actually all... a biplane. It genuinely is, is. Isn't that what I said? Yes, I know. I'm very impressed that you can tell that just by the noise. Mm, exactly. You can tell. I've got an ear for these things. This week's been stonking. I think we've really um, helped uh, the understanding of two key archers characters this week with our musings, Lucy. Really? Yeah, Kenton and Helen, and also the the dynamic between Ruth and David regarding Heather Pet. I think we, we, we've done some good podcasting this week. Mm. And if you, good listener, think we've done some good podcasting too, why don't you go to dumdydum.com to log on and tell us what you think of the show. We can do that by going onto the show page and like comment and too. And as well as uh, going onto our show page, you can go onto the page of any of our wonderful caller inners and you can review them. Here are two reviews for Catherine Bajant. My New Faith by Royfield Brown. Awesome caller inner, a dry wit with a great delivery. Putting Things in Our Mouths by David Archer. My family and I have tried your recipe for mouth trifle last night. Pip and Josh loved it. And if you needed another reason to log on to dumptydum.com, you can do so to buy our merch. This week we had purchases from... Philippa Davey from Devon. And Miss R.E. Cross from Northumberland who purchased stuff from our shop or store as our North Americans call it. Don't forget you can also go to patreon.com slash dumdydum to support the show for two dollars and you can also donate to the show by going to our site and hitting the donate button order of john archer news lord netherborn has had the national trust in this week so things were a little busy at netherborn hall so he hasn't got round to it mm, sorry everybody um but okay here is a plea uh, i'm all i'm all over the place with this now can you email in if you've been if you've if you've <laughs> the got queen a... doesn't have to do this with the honors list oh. so bloody hell i've forgotten who i said look if i have knighted you if i if you've got a letter from me saying that i've knighted you please drop me text me <laughs> love from elizabeth ii no you're right well but the thing is the queen doesn't actually uh not only decide who's going to get a knighthood no. And then bestow them, and then lick the envelopes and post the letters. You know, we're, we're a two-person band, and I'll mm. freely admit I'm all over the place with this, <laughs> and I can't remember who John the sixth, the seventh, and eighth are now. So, right, the first four or five I've got right, but, I, but the others it's all a you little bit, a bit of a, a model. So and we ordered a posthumous. Been... We did. We did yes. give a posthumous one, which didn't help. Exactly, with the it's all levels, did it? over the place. It's all over the place, and I'm trying to pass this off onto Lord Netherborn being being somewhat tardy, but it's actually me. <laughs> if dear listener, if you've been awarded uh, an order of John Archer, can you please just call in? Not call in. Sorry, email in via the site and just say right, give us your name and then what John you are. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, so whatever, right? And then 
I will then put that on the page and then it will all be straight. And then when the next Order of John Archer is given out, I'll know that it's the ninth or the 10th and who it's supposed to be given yep. to. Right. That's the confusion here. <laughs> right. In other news, uh, Michael uh, Blake. Tweeted, uh, Mickey Boy 929 Hey, Royfield, the French TV show was The Returned. Oh, yes, that's what I mentioned uh, last week. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. And, and he says, don't bother with it. After eight hours, I still have no clue what it was about. And R. Cosmo also concurred. Les Revenants is well worth watching and rarely makes sense. <laughs> so I won't be watching that then. <laughs> but it did look very good from the very first episode. But um, can I just say, um, just before uh, we go, if you wanted to see a slice of genius... Uh, on BBC Three, uh, on iPlayer, people just do nothing, which is a mockumentary about a West London pirate station corrupt FM. Oh, it! I started watching it yesterday. Uh, MC Grinder, very funny. If you wanted to see um, a bit of a, a satire on uh, working class culture in in modern Britain, please watch that absolutely brilliantly observed it's very funny uh people just do nothing it's on iplayer brilliant 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 uh go watch that um but i know you'll just be watching one of your kind of lebronte adaptations or something won't you are you talking to me yes no yeah. i will watch that i really liked phone shop did you like phone shop oh phone shop was another slice of genius as well yeah ow me and my sister still say owl <laughs> when he said about the tattoo. I turned around and it was our owl. <laughs> but I don't really want to go on a, a one person rant about um, the depiction of, of Britain that we see on our TVs. But this is in stark contrast, but yeah. it's so well observed and just very funny as well. So please, please, please give it your time um so uh remember you can also contact us by uh sending us a voice message on the site which is the little red tab over on the right um or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a telephone message though no one does it anymore or you can find us on the Twitters, where we are at Dumpty Dum. Or you can tweet me, where I'm at Royfield. And sorry for the uh, badly uh, constructed tweets that I sometimes send out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I do delete them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, me at Lucy V. Freeman or Sarah Smith at, at Sarah underscore Smith. And Sarah underscore Smith has a jolly funny blog, um, which she writes about her children and stuff that has been happening to her. And uh, it, it is funny genuinely um so have a look at that as well i've just realized i've broken a golden rule scarlet sparrow again scarlet sparrow first time caller in um i'm a tap dancing accountant for my sins anyway it's all i needed to say sorry sorry i missed it off okay bye yes scarlet sparrow for some reason this is the first time anyone has ever volunteered Did you hear a voice yes so lovely <laughs> <laughs> You're isn't easily it, flattered, aren't you? Isn't All that the way that you normally say. say, oh, listen to this caller in her. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. uh, and she's a tap dancing accountant. What mm. more could you want? Um, shuffle step spreadsheet. 
Do you uh, reckon she could be my finance minister if I'm Greece? Yes. If she's a... You could you be know. like Berlusconi and have this troop of of, of very young, eligible, glamorous From women being... What? Mediterranean country. What? Berlusconi's Italy. I know. Oh, all right. I thought we were talking about Greece. No, his whole cabinet was made up of... Um, no, it of wasn't. Pretty much. His whole cabinet wasn't. Oh, all right then. Cool, lummy Charlie. Anyway, she... You saying says... I'm going to have a bunga bunga party with Scarlet Sparrow? <laughs> you would love to have a bunga bunga party with Scarlet Sparrow. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com. 